What is good? Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of The Beat with Randall Beatley. Today's episode, we're going to talk about life post-COVID, um, as well as um, discuss monkeypox for a minute. And the right-wingers take, the conservatives take on monkeypox and why I disagree with the approach that they're taking. And, and it may not be all right-wingers, but it's enough that I've seen that um, I, I, I want to talk about this. Now, for, let, let me come off first off and say I'm conservative, right? And so this, but I don't feel like it's just my job to call out the left. I feel it's also my job to call out the extreme views of the right. The views that don't make any sense. The views that don't benefit us. And the, and the views that are quite honestly just straight wrong. Or maybe not wrong. But are ignorant or misinformed um, in, in what they're trying to get across. Um, so we're going to talk about life post COVID. Um, and so my first question is, why are we still even talking about COVID? Like, why is this still a thing? Why are people still concerned with it? Um, why are we still pushing vaccines? So that's my question, right? Cause I don't know about you. Um, but I, I'm not concerned about COVID anymore. And, and, and this is what I was trying to tell people that were, that were around me, you know, in 2020, in 2021, this isn't going away, right? This isn't just something that they're going to, to, to just give up. Um, so we're going to talk about COVID, what I think about COVID, um, what I feel about it, you know, two years down the line seeing what it is and then we'll move on to the new virus of the of the year and monkeypox let me start this off by saying i 100 percent believe covid was a real virus i know people who got covid i know people who have died from covid um however i believe that the lockdowns, the reaction by the government, is what I'm concerned with. Like when I when I say that like COVID was planned by the government, I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the lockdown, the reaction to the virus. I believe was a planned. Uh, attack on individual freedom and on the psyche of American citizens. I believe that the government understood that they could if they could persuade Americans to stay home not do anything and you know enter into this stage of fear 
that they can take control, the government, the elite can take control over those people who they create fear in, right? If you're afraid of something, that thing that you have a fear of controls you. Let me give an example. If you have a fear of heights, right? That fear stops you from experiencing things that may be beneficial or may have, you know, so for example, there's a there's a bridge in Gatlinburg that they just built. I think it finished in 2017 or 2018. I don't remember exactly when it finished. It's called the Sky Bridge. Um, it sits like 1,800 feet above sea level. It's only like 500 feet above the, the ground, though. Um, so, um, but anyway, it's uh, the world's longest suspension bridge in the world, right? That, you, that someone can actually walk upon. And they're in the middle of the bridge, there's three glass panels that essentially you can look down. Now, the, I've never been. I'm actually getting ready to go in a few weeks. Um, but if you have a fear of heights, this will terrify you, right? But the view from the bridge, the view from... So in order to get to the bridge, you actually have to take a... Um, a sky, what they call it the sky lift. It's basically, you know, um, if you've ever gone skiing, right, the lifts that take you to the top of the mountain, it's that, right? And there's a whole spa there's a whole town basically up there, a whole city, for lack of terminology. There's food. You don't even have to go on the bridge. You could just, you know, there's things you can do up there outside of the bridge in this little area in Gatlinburg, and the sights are beautiful. But imagine, you know, being suspended over this, you know, area of space. Like, if, if you ever look at, like, mountains and, like, so you, the space between the mountain peaks, like, you're suspended in between that. Like, and then, so that's a whole different experience than you're, you're suspended over the air or over the ground basically 500 feet below you right I can't imagine what that experience is like and I'm sure it's terrifying at first right but if you're afraid of heights and you let that fear control you you miss out on these beautiful experiences because fear and things that cause you to have fear will cause you to give up power over your own self. And so the government understood with COVID, hey, this is a real virus. Let's create panic. Let's create fear. Let's continue to show them the, the, the total cases and the total of deaths. And maybe we'll rig the numbers a little bit. Because the more we can control them, the more we can have them to continue to live in fear the more power we could steal from them. So when I come out and say that COVID was a planned takeover of individual liberty and freedom, I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the reaction from the government 
of the virus, right? The reaction to the virus. The virus was real as real can get. I don't believe it was as severe as they made it out to be, but it was definitely a real thing. And as it mutated and as new variants of the virus happened, that was nature doing what nature does. Because the more it mutates, the less deadly the virus gets. Which is why you see Omicron um, be less deadly than the first variant, the original variant of COVID. Um, and then I don't even remember, was it, uh, was it, there was the Wu variant, was it Delta? I don't know, there's so many different variants. But there was a variant that was highly contagious, but had literally no deaths, de or very limited amount of de uh, deaths that it caused. Because essentially, as a virus mutates, it becomes more contagious, but less deadly. Based on my understanding of biology and, and, and vi vi virology, um, I'm not a doctor. This is just based on my understanding of, you know, my limited uh, experience in science classes and researching on the internet. And so we're now two years post, two and a half years post COVID starting, and we still have places that have restrictions. Canada still has restrictions. So, uh, baseball leagues have restrict. They're pushing vaccine. I believe the ultimate goal was to create a state of fear so that people believed what the experts say, right? If they create a problem, and the problem wasn't... When I say create a problem, I don't mean they created this virus and purposely got people sick. No, they saw the that there was a virus... And they made it bigger than what it was. That was them creating a problem. We didn't have to lock down. You just had to practice common sense. If you're sick, don't go outside. Don't go in big groups. Wash your hands. Right? That's basic understanding, right? That's basic stuff. Um... And so all they had to do was put us, you know, create that problem, and then they can push out their own solution. So what's the solution? The vaccine. If you're not vaccinated, you know, you can't go to here. If you're not vaccinated, you can't do this. If you're not, right? But what, what does pushing the vaccine do? Well, it creates money for big pharma. And that's what I think the number one culprit of this is, is big pharma. They're... You know, Pfizer made billions. Johnson & Johnson made billions. I can't even think of the third. Moderna made billions off of pushing this vaccine. And they're still pushing it a year and a half later. And more and more people are starting to, you know, they, 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 they create terms like long COVID or sudden adult death syndrome or um, and there's no proof that it's from the vaccine but there's no proof that it's not from the vaccine right 
So we're two and a half years post. Now here's what I'll say. There's no study ever done. We've had two and a half years uh, to complete a study to prove to me that masks work. We've had two and a, we've had a year and a half since the vaccine came out and really started getting pushed in January of 2021. After Biden was inaugurated, they really started making that push, right? We've had a year and a half, basically, to show me proof that the vaccine doesn't have any long term. And you can't really do long term side effects. But there's no studies to show me even a year worth of side effects, right? And so here's, I've, all, I've said this from the very beginning. I've said this from the beginning. And, you know, in 20, 20, in 2030, let's do 2030. Now that's a, to the, to right wing conspiracy theorists, 2030 is a dangerous year because that's when a, supposedly all this, you know, final takeover is supposed to be completed. And, you know, uh, maybe, who knows, but in 2030, that would give them 10-ish so years of having the vaccine out if they could get me a study of what the side effects are you know eight to ten years post being vaccinated and the side effects are are minor i'll consider getting the jab but at that point is it even worth it right so my question is Two and a half years post-COVID, if you're still wearing a mask, if you're still scared of going outside and being around people and interacting, if you're still afraid of being around unvaccinated people, two and a half years later, you're the problem. You're the issue. You're the reason they keep creating more bullshit. Because that's what it is at this point. You're the reason that they still have control. I'll be honest with you. I haven't worn a mask um, intentionally since November of 2020. I'll tell you my own personal journey in this. So COVID started in or in America. We really started the charade in March of 2020. I was, you know, in... I was working restaurants at this time. We were basically told, you know, put on gloves. Masks weren't even a thing at the time I was working restaurants when it first started. But it was like, you know, wear gloves, wash your hands. If you're sick, don't come to work. And we really had to enforce that. Um, and then I got fired from the restaurant I was working at. I started another one. And that's that was in the summer, right when masks were starting to get big and so it was you know wear your mask wash your hands you know if you're sick don't come to work you know all of this stuff and when it first started I was like okay it's a virus it's not that big of a deal I don't tend to get sick and I, I believed it was real but I wasn't really concerned about it I just found it was just a pain in the ass because it made everything go drive through only and I mean it was literally like literally it 
you know, things were shutting down. You couldn't eat inside. Everything was drive-through only, which made working fast food at that time. I need you to understand, right? Because you, you had people that were pissed off about the added drive-through times. But I need you to understand. If you weren't someone who worked fast, if you if you're someone listening to this that worked fast food, you already understand this. If you worked it during that time, right? But if you didn't work fast food, if you were just a consumer of fast food at this time when everything first shifted over to drive through only March, April of 2020, I need you to understand that most restaurants maybe get about 60 to 70% of their business through the drive through which is a significant amount of their business. But I need you to understand that now the other, you know, 40, 30 to 40% is now in the drive through because no one could come inside. And so, and let's say in an hour, you do 100 customers. Traditionally, that would be about 60 to 65, maybe 70 customers or transactions, we'll use transactions. This is, and I'm using 100 because it's easier to do this math, right? So say in a traditional hour, say you do 100 transactions, right? Traditionally, pre-COVID, 60 to 70 of those transactions would be through your drive-through. And then, you know, you would have a, about 30 to 40 of them be on you know your inside restaurant right but now we have you know instead of 60 to 70 customers or in that hour transactions in that hour through the drive through we have a hundred and so we're still expected to you know, there was a sudden overflow of, right? And so that's why the time went up, right? And then you also had to worry about, you know, we had people not showing up to work because they were scared. I literally, at the restaurant I worked at, right when this started, I had an employee whose parent she was, she worked night shift, she was in school, she was a teenager, and her parents called and said she's not coming to work because of coronavirus, it's not safe. And we couldn't necessarily fire her um, until she missed 14 straight shifts. Essentially, it wasn't 14 straight shifts. It was she had to miss two weeks worth of work. Not necessarily, anyway, you know, she had to miss a whole pay period. To where she made zero dollars during a, a pay period before we could technically fire her, which is basically what we told her she was going to do. That you know she had to work at least one day in a two-week period to stay on the payroll for us to not right. And we we kind of worked around it. We understood, but. You know, it, it made things tough because people either didn't come to work or they, you know, they were sick or 
they they come in and say, well, my cousin was around someone who tested positive, and we just had a, a get-together, and we didn't know, and so we had to send them home. And this is with the already large amount of call-outs that this, at least the restaurant I worked at has, right? And so you shift all the focus to drive-through, and then, right, people still expected everything to come out faster, but we, you know, all I'm saying is I'm glad I don't work fast food anymore at... But it right. But anyway, if if two and a half years post COVID, you're still afraid of it, you're the problem. You're the reason they keep dragging this on. I anyway, my, so like my story was like I started wearing a mask when they told us to, and my thought was, this isn't going to last very long. Um, I was very naive. I was just sort of you know. Uh, what, what right is wearing a mask going to do? These don't work. Eventually we'll understand that these won't work and they'll stop forcing us. I was misguided in, in, in my, in my foresight thinking back on it, but I just wasn't, what to me, it wasn't a big deal. I know we had people who complained about wearing them at work. To me, it wasn't a big deal, right? Um, at the time. Um, and then around December of 2020, I made the decision, you know, and I'm done. You know, we've been in masks for six months now. I'm tired of it. It's not working. There's no reason to have the mask on. It doesn't benefit anybody. Um, and and so person outside of I was working at um, Amazon at the time, and they you, you were required to wear it in the warehouse. It was the only time I wore a mask was in the warehouse at work when I worked for Amazon. Um, and then I went to work for the place I currently work for now. In 2021, in March of 2021, and masks were still a thing. Um, but they weren't like required in the office, you know. Um, I was basically told you don't need to wear it in the office unless someone's in the office, you know, with you until, you know, the state no longer requires it. I just never wore it. I just didn't, right? It just it what I I haven't worn a mask in over a year. Um I refuse to do it now. Because there's there's no purpose. It's just if you still wear a mask two and a half years later knowing it doesn't work, right? If you still are pushing the vaccine knowing that it doesn't stop you from getting covid, you're the problem. The world we live in post-COVID is different. They're never going to take the power they took from us and get, give it back unless we force them to give it back. And the only way we stop them from taking power is to stand up and say, this is enough. Which is where we're going to lead into with monkey pox. So, in saying all of that about COVID... Um... Let's talk monkeypox. Um, first off, 
What is monkeypox? Well, it's a version of smallpox. It, um, you know, you you get the the lesions, or you know, may start off as a rash. You know, it typically takes two to three weeks, maybe a month, for it to go through your system. It's deadlier to children, and you know, elderly. You know, immunocompromised people, just like any virus is. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, your healthy adult can't die from it. It just has a larger risk of the the more immunocompromised or, you know, if you're a child and you don't have a fully established immune system or if you're elderly and you, you know, your immune system starting to break down, it is more dangerous to you. As it is with most viruses. Um seems to be spreading through gay sex right now. Um, and this is more so what I want to talk about, because the right-wingers, uh, and I don't want to say all conservatives, because I, I really don't really see people talking about this, but there are a few right-wingers that are super, super far-right. So I need you to understand about this about me. I'm conservative, but I would not put myself on the far, far-right. Um, next to, you know, Lauren Brobart, Lauren Whitsky, Bryson Gray, people like that. And I mentioned Bryson Gray because he's one of the ones that are, he's making, he made a post yesterday that essentially said that if you don't want monkeypox, don't have gay sex. Now, his post may be in good intentions, and it may be telling the story because... You know, he went on in defense and posted articles about how it seems like most of every case that we see right now in America of monkeypox is between, you know, two gay people. Um, and that may be the case. It may be spreading right now between the homosexual community. However... When you make a post that says if you don't want monkeypox, don't have gay sex, the narrative that you're pushing or displaying, it can be assumed that you believe that the only way you can get monkeypox is through gay sex. And that is not at all accurate. If I had monkeypox, now, right, let's just say there was two gay people, one one partner had it, they had sex and the other they none of them knew monkeypox was in the was in the equation, right? And so they have gay sex, right? And really it's more of, you know, contact of the skin. Um and so now both gay partners have monkeypox. And let's say I go to a concert and you know, none of them knew they had monkeypox, and this one guy, the one of the guys who had the gay relations, right, is at this concert, and he has monkeypox, and he has the lesions, and he he just thinks his arm itches, so he's been scratching all day, right, like, and we bump, you know, it's a crowded concert, and we 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 meet, we bump into each other on the way to pass. To, uh, on the way we're walking, right? I now have monkeypox, but I didn't have sex with them. 
Monkeypox does not spread solely through sexual contact. And I feel like a lot of far-right people are pushing that narrative. That it's only gay people, it's only through sexual contact. That's not true. It spreads mostly the way most other viruses spread. Through physical contact of any kind. Right? You could have it, not know you have it, be scratching your lesions all day and spread it that way. Or whatever, right? It's not like... I've seen people sort of say that they believe it's a curse from God on gay people um, for being gay. And that's just ignorant. That's just ignorant. Like I, like I said, I'm conservative. I would never make that statement, though. First off, I don't care if you're gay, straight, or whatever, transgender. None of that matters to me. What you do in your bedroom, that's up to you and your partner. And if you believe in God, God. Right? It's none of my fucking business. If you want to be gay, be gay. Here's where, like, so, like, when I advocate against the LGBT agenda, uh, it's not against LGBT people. It's against them forcing their agenda on school children or any children in general or on any person in general. If you want to be gay, be gay. No one's obligated to accept it. No one's obligated to... You know, if you're transgender, I don't care. I really don't care. If you want to transition, that's all on you. I don't care if you are transgender or whatnot. I just won't buy into the delusion, and I'm not obligated to buy into the delusion. But you have the right to exist like anybody else. Um, and so I personally do not care what you want to do with your life as long as you're not forcing your ideology or your agenda or your right on other people. Just like I don't believe that straight people or Christians or any religion or any ideology should be forced onto anyone else, right? It doesn't matter what the ideology is, it shouldn't be forced on other people. I'm not against gay people. I'm against forcing people who don't agree with the lifestyle to accept the lifestyle. That's what I'm against, right? So, be gay if you want to be gay. Be lesbian if you want to be lesbian. Do what you want to do. Make yourself happy. That's up to you. Right? And don't be conservative to say, well, you're, you're, you saying that is sending this country into to hellfire. I need you to understand. We've never been a perfect country. We've never been in heaven. Right? The day Adam and Eve, if you believe in the Bible, right? The day Adam and Eve ate of the apple is the day we entered hellfire as a as an as an earth right that's literally the story of the bible was that we were in perfection we got kicked out of perfection in paradise because we disobeyed god and now we live in in hell right we live in a sinful world Right? So if you're a Christian, this is as close to hell as you get. Right? And so... I, d I don't understand the ideology that would be like, Oh, because you are okay with gay people existing. I'm not scared of gay people. Right? They're not into me. 
because I'm straight. Like, I feel like straight people honestly feel like gay people want to hit on them. They don't. They want to hit on other gay people. Right? So, I'm not scared of gay people. I'm not scared of trans people. I'm not. There's nothing to be scared about. You know, do I believe that they might they need psychiatric help? Maybe. Um, I do believe we should follow what I don't remember which country I read did this, but they before you can transition, you have to go through counseling. I'm fine with transitioning. But let's f- understand the reason why you have this dysphoria, whether it's body dysphoria, gender dysphoria. You have a, a mental illness. Let's figure out why you have it. Can we solve it before you transition? And if we can't, if this is a genuine feeling that has no underlying issues, I believe, you know, you know. I also I find it weird. Now that we're talking on this topic, I find it weird that Christians will believe the Bible, and and look, I'll come at you, I'm a Christian. I believe in what Romans 9 teaches. That God, to display His mercy and to display His wrath, created people for the sake of displaying His wrath. Now, if you believe that, does it not follow that same logic that God could create people to be gay or to be have this gender dysphoria and to be transitioned I mean it, to me that logic fits hey God wants to create people for just for the sake of displaying his wrath right that's the exact words of Romans 9 right and Paul, the, the writer of Romans, says, Who are you to question God for this? If he w- is to do this, could he not have just created people to be gay? Is being gay a choice? Is it nature? Is You know, when they say, Oh, I was just born this way, could they not have been born that way? I don't know. This is something to think about. I don't have the answers to these things. This is just questions I sit and think about. Um, I just don't like conservatives. Like, right, so, like, they go to the Supreme Court, and Roe v. Wade gets knocked down, and, like, the next thing they try to attack is porn. That's none of your business. It, right? And they say, well, we, we want to stop human trafficking. Okay, go after human trafficking. That's fine. But not all porn is human trafficking. Most mainstream porn stars sign contracts with big companies they get paid big money or they're independent and they run their only fans and their instagrams and their twitters right because i don't know if you know this but twitter you know facebook blocks nudity like if i were, were to go to facebook or instagram and post you know a screenshot or screen recorded part from scene from some porn movie they would block it, and I probably would get banned. Twitter, you you get full scenes on Twitter. Like they they have what is called Twitter After Dark, 
and like men and women participating to show their private parts. And I don't understand why you would put that online. But I mean, I can understand in like private chats, but like in public on a public platform, I don't understand it. But, um, but like there, it's really the only platform where porn stars can advertise what they're selling. You know, because on Instagram they can go and post bikini pictures and seductive poses, but they can't show nudity, which is what people go to watch porn for. Right, and Twitter allows that. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but I just, it's interesting to me, right? I understand, like, I was all for conservatives and Christians getting rid of abortion, because you know what, that's murder. I understand that. Going after porn, that's a personal, private thing. And as long as it's not hurting people now you know if we could prove that there's people posting on porn websites that have underage women or are using victims of sex trafficking yeah take those videos down that's fine but to say you can't produce pornography that's a violation I believe of freedom of of, of speech um, it is a type of art you can't and first off who, who's going to sit there and enforce whether or not someone's watching porn right I just I'm not advocating for it I do think there are mental issues that come with it uh, if you allow it to control you but I also think you know this objective moralism that we're trying to create we're never going to to reach a perfect moral society we tried it with prohibition of alcohol and it didn't work it just made people you know we literally got nascar from the prohibition era because people were running moonshine what if prohibition was never a thing and people didn't have to hide that like would it not have made it safer to make alcohol how many people you think died in the prohibition era from their stills that they were you know they had their stills hidden and you know if those things like if something went wrong and you know someone got hurt or whatever right they weren't going to the hospital right I, and we, we even see with like the war on drugs where you know trying to tell people to not do drugs um, if you want to go after sex trafficking and human trafficking, I'm all fine with that. I'll partner with that. But what someone does in his own private time, again, is between him and himself, right? Um, even if he does it with a partner, right? That's between them, right? Uh, now, if he's forcing a partner to watch it or whatever, right? Then, yeah, that that's bad. But... If it's like just one person by himself, you know, and porn is his drug of choice, right? You know, people have alcohol all the time. People smoke cigarettes. People don't talk about how caffeine and coffee and all of that is the world's most addictive drug and could create 
dependent. I believe we're in a generation full of caffeine addicts. And that's why these people have a dependence on coffee every morning and throughout the day. I need coffee. I need coffee. I've never drunk coffee a day in my life. I've tried maybe three sips of coffee. was never a fan. I smoked one cigarette. was never a fan. Right? There are certain things like that that, you know, eh. But I I don't necessarily see porn as something conservatives should be looking to destroy. And they're, you know, I have a feeling they're going to come after gay gay marriage. And I just don't think that's a thing we should be fighting. Because who cares what someone does in their bedroom? The government shouldn't be concerned with marriage in the first place. Whether it's straight or gay. Who cares what people do in the bedroom? Right? That's not a place we should be governing. So, I just, this sort of ignorance to, oh, monkeypox is only spread through gay, no it's not. Is it primarily right now being spread? And and what looks like a common cause between all the cases is homosexuality? Maybe right now, but it is highly contagious and eventually it will spread between straight people and straight people will start to catch it. It's not just spread through gay sexual activity. And I hate that I have to even say that. That's common fucking sense. But, I don't know. That's the episode. Let me know what y'all think. And thank y'all for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. This is The Beat with Randall Beatley. Thank y'all for listening.